everybody welcome to episode three i'm so torn on if i just want to do episodes or if i just want to upload the whole story but i feel like the whole story is gonna be like i don't know i guess there's really no difference but i I like episodes on podcasts so um i hope everybody's doing okay today um right now currently in in like present time uh there has been a lot of news surrounding a young woman named gabby petito who has been now she was missing originally but now they have discovered her remains and um there has been her fiance slash boyfriend has not been charged with murder and it's not been like clarify that domestic abuse was involved but I think we all kind of know in the pits of our stomach that it was so um and that really motivated me to like get on this because I've been dragging my feet I'm not gonna lie not that I don't want to but I've just been like I don't know I don't know if I should do this I don't know if I should do this or not but when people message me are like do it please and they tell me they'll listen and it just means a lot to me and then her story just kind of I came home that evening because I was at the grocery store when they found her um, remains. And I just came home that evening and just cried. I remember my husband had to, like, wrap his arms around me because I was crying. All I could think about is, like, how that could have been me. And um, I think all of us domestic violence survivors are kind of in that same, like, state. Um, So if we could, I don't know anybody's religious beliefs, but I'm going to say just keep her family and your thoughts because that's horrible news um so I would like to get into episode three um I do need to say at the beginning this episode and this podcast include things that pertain to domestic violence physical abuse mental abuse um things of that nature and some can find it triggering if you do please click off of this podcast i don't want to cause anyone to be triggered by my story um yeah so let's get into episode three um so i want to make it clear at the beginning of this episode that um the abuse is not something that is happening daily the physical abuse is not something that's happening daily at this point um but the arguments and the mental abuse was i mean it happened every single day something would happen um so shortly oh sorry about that everybody i just realized my phone has enough battery where i can use my headset to like my headphones to talk into versus the speakerphone because i don't I didn't want it to be too loud, like it sounded like I'm yelling or something. So, anyways, uh, so shortly after I found out I was pregnant, um, and after the eight weeks incident, uh, I got a better paying job at an insurance company at a call center, and oh bless it if you work at a call center hands down to you because that was seriously rough um so we moved about 45 minutes from where I live now and really kind of I want to say grew up um back to where like I was born and where my family is um because I got that better paying job we when we moved I thought it would be a good thing because I thought that his triggers 
and urges to like talk to other women which is like a huge thing we fought about would go away because he claimed to have those issues I I didn't realize at the time that moving away would not fix those things if anything it makes someone have an like easier it makes it easier for someone to cheat because when you move somewhere and nobody knows who you are they don't know that you're in a relationship they don't know anything really so um it made it easier (laughs) on him to do things so uh goodness I'm sorry my contacts are really bothering me y'all see how I get distracted so easily um so literally nobody knows who you are when you are somewhere new um the apartment we had was in my name but my grandmother helped co-sign with me um, it's a really nice apartment, like really nice. It was a two bedroom, but we moved in and I go to work at the insurance company. I'm in training and of course he's not employed yet. Uh, I, I'm paying all the bills and nothing has changed like I had hope. if it, hoped. If anything, it had gotten worse. Uh, he's going out and he's doing his thing while I'm at work paying the bills uh, so <laughs> the next incident I want to talk about was one day I'm at work in my training class and my phone, we have a break or we can check our phones. So my phone goes off and it's a Facebook message for, again, Facebook is logged in on my phone. Like you would think someone would learn to log out, but anyways, and why are you using Facebook on my phone if you're going to be doing things? I don't know. But, so, once again, Facebook is logged in on my phone. And I get a message from someone I know. It was a girl that I was friends with. But it didn't make sense. Like, I thought the message was for me. Because, I mean, we were friends. So, I got it. And I was like, what? Because it didn't make any sense. So, I realized then. I go into the message. And I'm like, hold up. This is his messenger and not mine. So the messages contained, like, the messages were him telling this girl who I was friends with from where we lived before. I guess she had moved to the area that we were living in as well. But, I mean, she knew who we were. She knew who I was. But um, the messages were him telling this girl that he was going to take her to Waffle House and pay for it for breakfast and calling her baby. And I was like do it I was like with what money that's what <laughs> like who how are you gonna take this girl to Waffle House please but then you're telling her it's it, basically it was clear to me what was going on a date was being planned um I am pregnant and at the time and I'm struggling to feed my damn self and this man is offering to take another woman to Waffle House and I know all you pregnant mamas know that well bacon made me nauseous on my second but there is just nothing like some waffle house so I was like excuse me sir (laughs) but so I'm like oh hell no at work I literally am on my break and I lose my shit like I don't call him or anything my coworker sitting next to me Holly um she actually just recently passed away so let's keep our family in our thoughts as well but my coworker sitting next to me Holly I was telling her about it because like me and her became super close and I was like Am I wrong for being upset about this? Like, I understand he has friends and I have friends, but he's, like, calling this girl baby and asking to take her out. And she's like, no. So, I just go off and I send the screenshots of the messages and I'm like, what is this? And then he responds that I'm 
effing crazy and I don't know what I'm talking about and he doesn't know what I'm talking about and then after I like because on messenger there used to be like this thing you could click where it would show a map of where the message was sent and I was like sir this message was literally sent from the apartment like what this is you because then because he tried to say at one point that his Facebook was hacked and then he tried to say after that, after I sent the map, that I was editing all of the images on the messenger. And so I sent it to the girl, my friend that I knew, and I was like, um, can you explain? And she confirmed that, and I sent that to him, her confirming that, um, those messages were 100% legit. I mean, come on now. So, I am pissed the whole entire day at work, like, way to rain on my parade at my new job, but at work, I try to separate, like, my personal life from work life, so I'm, like, striving to get through the day, plus we're in training, so it's not like I'm on the phone with customers, but, so when I get home that evening, I am just livid, because you're trying to take this girl on a date, and you need to fill out job applications, not taking people to Waffle House, but, um... (laughs) You guys just ignore my dark humor and my jokes because that's how I cope with things. But, yeah, he's trying to take this girl to Waffle House. And so I get home and I'm like, I just, I'm like, what in the world? Like, why? Why? What did I do wrong? Why am I not good enough? So he gets in my face and we start arguing. And we argued for, like, hours. I'm really surprised the police weren't called by our neighbors. Like, if I was their the neighbor, I would have called the police. I would have been like, "Mm mm-mm, we ain't doing this today. So... Then he, like, gets in my face and he pushes me really hard to the point that I have to hold on to the wall to keep from falling over. And I want to say by this point, I was three months pregnant. So, um, I gotta cut the AC on in this car. I hope you guys can't hear it. But, uh, I'm three months pregnant and I have to hold on to the wall to keep from falling over. And I'm just like, honestly, the this time when it happened, I wasn't as in shock as, like, the first time when I was eight weeks pregnant and all that had went down because, I mean, it happened once and I was just kind of, like, really going to push me. So, he, ha- he then he goes to retrieve his keys and it's like, I'm, I'm effing leaving. And I'm like, at that, uh, everything's so heightened, my emotions and everything. And I'm just like, no, don't leave. Like, don't leave. I don't know why, but when I was younger, I thought that if me being a single mom or me being pregnant by myself that people look down on me or that I was a failure to my child or I was a failure to myself or that I was just you know it was in my head that I did not need to be a single mom which is not the case single moms are heroes like I applaud I've been a single mom before and I applaud you guys who are still single mothers like you're rocking it you got this because it is not an easy life to live and single dads like single moms and dads but um so I didn't want to be a single mother at the time I thought that I'd be looked down on and I thought that I would be a failure so by the time I'm just like mentally drained and just over it I'm like no don't go don't go then he twisted from being like angry to him being sad as well and be like I don't want to leave and like be like, I don't make me go. I don't want to leave. So, um, then Mr. Put me on a pedestal came out the other side and was like, I didn't mean to do that. And I don't know why I messaged her. I was bored and, and, um, this, that, and the other, and just 
Mr. Nice Guy came out and he stayed and once again I'm forgiving but I'm not forgetting but by that point the trust had just been broken and once you break trust it's over with so um then we're living in the apartment and I start working 10 hour shifts to pay the bills and I think I got one day off and that day would be a mad day to go to the doctor um for my pregnancy so we're gonna fast forward to when he decided that we no longer needed to pay the money we were paying for the apartment and I'm not gonna act like I was 100% a sweet angel here and be like I didn't want to pay I mean I kept wanting to pay the rent on the apartment no it was extremely high there was a leak in uh the nursery room the the room that was gonna be a nursery so I was like yeah no so he had the bright idea that we would move in with his adoptive mother um slash grandmother and I was like okay so we are talking about that but I'm like okay so we need to put in a notice to the apartments that we're fixing to move out and he's like no f that f that f this lease and it Basically, the reason he was like that is because the lease was co-signed with my grandmother. And at this time, he there was a big falling out with my family. My dad had come to help move something, him and my grandmother, and they had gotten into an argument that my abuser started about a bed that I had had since I was 12 years old. He was saying, like, you guys are just making her keep that bed because it was at her and her ex's house. And, I mean, like, no, I didn't. I mean, they were just saying they were going to put the bed in storage. Really, they were saying to me, we're going to put this bed in storage because we don't see this relationship working out. But at the time, I didn't, you know. So, um, he's like, you know what, you're, you guys aren't welcome, and I'm like, what, and he, they're like, that's our granddaughter, that's our daughter, and he's like, well, it doesn't matter, so then, um, he called my grandmother the B word, and is like, get in the car now, and it was just like this whole heated thing, and when we got in the car, he was like, I'm gonna tell you right now, you either choose me, or you choose your family, but I'm gonna let you know that you're pregnant, and technically, that child is uh, is going to have my name, so I'm going to need you to not have that child, or, or talking about my son, around your family, or that's betraying me. It was just like this whole thing, and at the time, like, he had made me think, like, I was worthless, like, even to my family. Like, I thought, like, they didn't care about me, which is totally not the case but he had made me think that my family didn't care about me so there goes um the isolation when you're in an abusive relationship a lot of times the abuser will isolate the victim from their family or their friends (laughs) trust me it was a hard time I didn't get to talk to my grandmother or my dad because of the relationship I was in and I regret it But, so, he was like, F this lease, F that, Um, we're just going to move. So stupid. I'm just like, why? Why do we do this? But, so, we often moved, and we left the apartment, and it left my grandmother in a bind, and I still feel horrible about it. 
like I said in the beginning, I'm not a perfect, innocent angel. Like, awful. Really awful. So, um, thankfully, my, my grandma is awesome. And we moved past things in my family. Like, there's no grudges. So, and we talked it out. And she understands why in that situation I had to leave like that. So, um, anyways, we move in with his mom pretty much and at that time when we moved in with his mom we moved back to where we lived before and I didn't um I wasn't physically abused during this time but we didn't really live with his mom but a couple months or a month or two I can't really remember but um there was an incident where the uh Sorry, guys, my eyes are watering. Where we had, I had went into, like, preterm labor um, with my son. And so, I was at the hospital and he was there, of course. Uh, So, when we go to discharge from the hospital after, like, okay, you know, these contractions are not regular. Like, it's okay. So, when we go to discharge from the hospital, I used to work at the hospital, so I know, like, you normally just get your papers and you walk out the front door. But in this case, they told us to discharge the emergency room, which I was like, this is weird. Why? So as we're standing there waiting to talk to the emergency room desk to discharge, as I say, um, two police officers come up to my abuser and are like, are you, and I'm not going to say his name in my podcast. I'm sorry. I'm just not. Um, they're like, are you such and such? And I'm like, what is going on? I thought it was a joke. Like I thought like it was a prank. I don't know why. Why in that moment I thought that. But I I do want to say, like, my abuser was on uh, felony probation and misdemeanor probation at the time. But I had thought he had been meeting with his probation officers. And I thought that his probation was paid up. So when the police officers came up to, to us, that didn't even cross my mind. But they tell him that they have a warrant for his arrest and he needs to go with them. So... They take us out the back where the hospital is here. There's an emergency where, like, the ambulances pull up and stuff. So they take us out there to the police car. And I'm, like, freaking out. I'm, like, I'm pregnant. I have no way home. Like, what in the world? I can't drive. Like, what? And so they tell me that he had a warrant. Uh, They couldn't tell me why he had a warrant. But he had a warrant. And I was, like, did you have court or something you missed? Because that had happened before. He was, like, I don't know. I don't know. But, um, and I still don't know if he knew, well, let me put it this way. Honestly, there's really no way he didn't know that not meeting probation and not paying fines would, I guess, you don't get to walk away from something like that. But, um, anyway, so the police officers are like, all right, say goodbye. Like, you'll have to figure this out in the morning when he goes to court, this, that, and the other. So, oh, God. So, I stay up that entire night stressed out. Because, I mean, I was in a relationship with this person. So, obviously, I cared at that moment. But, um, the next day comes and I find out he's going to jail due to violating his probation. And, um, he would be held until I got in contact with the probation officer or whatever. So... During our jail, I don't know if it still does, but at the time, they had something where you could send emails to people outside of jail and you would pay money. I don't know much about jail, but um, there was a thing where you could pay money to send um, 
emails. So <laughs> he's emailing me the whole time he's in jail and he's like super, uh, super duper like sweet and basically Mr. Nice Guy again is like, you know, he put money on my books. Can you, um, pay for these emails and then can you get in touch with my probation officer and this, that, and the other. I'm like, fine. Okay. So I am getting in contact with this probation officer and she's like, I am not letting him out of jail over the weekend. You'll have to wait until Monday, but in order for him to get out of jail, you have to pay his probation up. And I'm like, how much is it? It was like $800. So me and my mom go to the probation office on that Friday. Cause she was like, if you pay it on Friday, I might let him out the following day. So we went to the probation office and paid and he got out because I don't know if she felt bad or what, or if I was just annoying the shit out of her, but he got out. And when I tell you guys, literally the same day he got out of jail, he was like, I'm going somewhere. When we got back to the house, his mom's house, I'm like, where are you going? Come to find out. I don't know. I never confirmed it, so I don't want to really say it's true, but he was going out with friends and a girl, and there were messages that kind of proved that he was going out with a girl, but, um, so I was like, I just paid all this money, and this side of here is like, I don't give a F, so backed from Mr. Nice Guy to Mr. I don't give a shit, um, I mean, that's just really how abusers are. They go from being, like, this nice person that you, like, the person you met and the person that put you on a pedestal that you thought they were back to being an ass in all reality. Back to being rude, a jerk. So, I mean, I was like, what? So, he gets out of jail, goes and hangs out with these people. And then, uh, I went into labor, I think a week or two later and my water broke at 2 AM. I was actually Googling ways to put myself in labor cause I was so uncomfortable. Um, but I was going to the bathroom. My water broke. I called the hospital. There was like all that jazz, you know, if you know what labor's like, you know, when your water breaks, it's like, okay. So I had told him, I had tried to wake him up and said my water had broke and he was like, you just pissed on yourself. You just pissed on yourself. Like whatever. So I remember I laid back down and I started to hurt like within 30 minutes to an hour later, I started to hurt. So I was like trying to get him up. Well, he got up. Yeah. Not to take me to the hospital to supposedly go to work 45 minutes away at his job where he was working when we lived in the town 45 minutes away. I honestly don't know if he went to work or not. I don't care at this point. But so he got up and went to work and I'm laboring at home. And I waited until my mom, because my mom worked up here, but she lived in 45 minutes away. It's not traveling. But she worked up here and I knew she was getting up soon. So I ended up calling her and I was like, Mom, I don't have a ride to the hospital. Honestly, I should have just called an ambulance, but I didn't want an ambulance bill, but I should have called an ambulance because my water broke at 2 a.m. and it's now 7 something in the morning and I'm like, mom, I just need a ride to the hospital. So my mom gets up here at like 8.40 and takes me to the hospital. My labor progresses. Eventually, he comes up there. He ran out of gas on the way. My mom had to go get him, so I was in there getting epidural by myself, but that's not even related to the abuse, so that's just a something that happens 
But, so, uh, I have my son, you know, in the hospital. No abuse happens in the hospital. Everything looks perfect. Go happy, lucky, dandy. So, I end up having my son. And then when we get discharged, my son was literally a couple days old when he decided he was going to go out with his friends and go fishing. But, you know what, like, my husband now goes out with his friends and goes fishing. But after we had uh, our second son, he was like, yeah, I'm going to stay home. Do you need anything? Like, just making sure I need some because I hadn't had sleep. My first son was colic, and it was rough. So, he was going out, whatever. I want to fast forward to, um, because there was, again, living with his mom, there's really no physical abuse. It was just fighting and, like, back and forth between Mr. Nice Guy to Mr. Hateful. So, um, then, about two weeks after I had my son, his mom was getting really frustrated, and... I guess there were things in the room that needed to be picked up, like the curtains fell off the walls and things like that. I'm not going to bash her because it was her house and I wouldn't bash someone who's my elder. But um, she decided that we needed to come get all of our stuff and move out. So when we pull up to get our stuff, he's pissed off and all in his mom's face, and then they get into it, and then I'm not going to lie to you guys, I'm not going to keep it peachy king, me and her get into it, and we say some hurtful things to each other, because she started, like, it was just, it's very personal, so I'm not going to bash her, because this story is not about her, but me and her get into it, and then my abuser punches, my dad had bought this really nice crib for um, my son, and I keep saying um because I want to say his name, but I don't know how far this is going to reach. And to protect his identity, I don't want to say his name. But anyways, my dad had bought him a crib that was super nice. It was one I picked out and my abuser ended up punching a hole in the crib on like where the changing table is. And then was like, I want to say it so bad. He was like, F it, F it. We're going to leave it here. And I'm like, no, I don't want to leave my my son's crib here. Like, my dad bought that. Like, honestly, I'm not even in contact with my dad at this time. And that's that hurt because, like, that's really the only thing I had left of my family besides, like, you know. So, he was like, no, we're just leaving it here. So, we left the crib and he never went back and got it. It got ruined by the rain. And then we moved in with my brother and his wife at the time. And this is when things just get crazy um so I'm gonna go into episode four I'm gonna end this episode here because I feel like it's gonna be really long I'll go into episode four um and we'll start up where when we moved in with my brother and his wife at the time and progress into my story because it gets crazier and crazier and I'm not gonna lie probably in the next episode I'm gonna cry and I'm so sorry if I do but I want to end this episode here One thing I want to take from this episode is that if you're in an abusive relationship, I want you to know that your abuser, you will notice the trend. You might not because sometimes when you're in abusive relationships, you don't realize it's an abusive relationship. It's a a proven thing. But your abuser will go from being that nice, sweet person that they might have been when you first got together 
to back to the abuser and then they'll be so sorry and back to that sweet person and then back to the abuser. It's like a constant game of emotions and it's not fun. It's not fun because it's very mentally draining because you're like, well, I thought you were going to change back into that person. But I want to tell you right here and right now at the end of this podcast that that person will not change no matter what you do. It will not change. Trust me. Like I said, I'm not a licensed therapist. I'm not a licensed, I'm not a domestic violence expert, but I know most of the time it's not going to change. So I just want you guys to take that from this episode. That's one thing. So I'm going to end it here. I hope you guys have a great day or a great night wherever you're at. Um, Thank you so much for listening. 